Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 9 of Revelation chapter 14, and we're going to be reading verses 6 and 7. And I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach unto them that dwell on the earth, and to every nation and kindred and tongue and people, saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment is come, and worship him that made heaven and earth and the sea and the fountains of waters. Well, uh, in our last study, we saw that verse 6 is a transition verse from the end of the church age, and that would be back May 21, 1988, the biblical calendar of history has opened up information to pinpoint the very day. It was a day before Pentecost, In 1988, then the church age began on the day of Pentecost in 33 AD, and therefore before Pentecost came in 1988, before the period of sending forth the gospel uh, with the churches could be renewed for another year, God ended the church age the day before, May 21, 1988, and then When the next day came, Pentecost, the church age was finished. God was not using the churches. No more first fruits were being gathered. And that just became the first or the second day of the great tribulation period. It it became the time in which judgment had begun at the house of God. And Revelation 14.6 is a verse that is describing this transition. But God is looking at that movement from church age to great tribulation in a positive sense, in the sense of the sending forth of his gospel. Through the sending forth of his gospel, the first fruits were brought in, and now the everlasting gospel and the everlasting gospel would uh, be a reference to the word of God. The, the word of the Lord endureth forever. It is an everlasting word. The everlasting gospel was preached to them that dwell on the earth and to every nation and kindred and tongue and people. And as we saw last time, Revelation 7, verse 9 through 14, explains that the great multitude came from the four corners of the earth. And notice that four categories are listed, nation, kindred, tongue, people, to indicate the universal or worldwide scope of the proclamation of this everlasting gospel to the people of the world. And as a result, a great multitude did become saved. And uh, they, they would join the 144,000, the first fruits, just as Revelation chapter 7 lays it out. First, the first fruits. After this, a great multitude. And here too, we have 
the same uh, layout. The first fruits are listed in verses 1 through 5 of Revelation 14. Then in verses 6 and 7, the Lord begins to discuss the proclamation of his word as it would go forth as the rain, the latter rain, and would bring in the final harvest. In just a couple of verses, before then moving on, and we'll we'll soon see that switch from um, the Great Tribulation to Judgment Day, which occurred on May 21, 2011. That's when it began and has continued ever since, as we're living in the time or the day of judgment, a prolonged period of time that uh, very well could conclude uh, after 1,600 days on October 7th, 2015, just next year. Well, let's uh, look at verse 7 of Revelation 14, which says, Saying with a loud voice, this is the other messenger flying in the midst of heaven, having that everlasting gospel to preach. And and again, that would be Christ, who is the Word. Um, he is the one who moves in his people to will and do of his good pleasure, so that they go forth. And the Bible says, How beautiful are the feet of them that carry the, the glad tidings of good news. And in another place, we read, How beautiful are the feet of him, that carries the glad tidings of good news. And God can make both statements because as the body of Christ, the true believers do carry the word of God to the nations of the world. Well, that that is the Lord Jesus Christ. Just as when uh, we read that Noah was a preacher of righteousness, And we know that Noah preached to the people the 120-year period he was building the ark, and that was a testimony all itself. But the Bible proclaims him a preacher of righteousness. Well, let's also look at another passage in 1 Peter chapter 3, and it says in verse 18, For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit, by which also he, and that's referring back to Christ, the, the, the pronoun he is referring to Jesus, by which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison, which sometime or aforetime were disobedient, when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was a preparing, wherein few that is eight souls were saved by water. This passage is, is telling us that Jesus preached in the time period of the construction of the ark. Well, you can go back to the um, biblical record, to the account found in the book of Genesis, and in, in Genesis 6 and Genesis 7, Genesis 8, and uh, well, the flood came in Genesis 7, uh, you're not going to find the Lord Jesus Christ making any kind of appearance personally and, and preaching to the spirits or to the unsafe people of the world. Well, how can God make this kind of a statement? 
Well, remember, Noah was a preacher of righteousness. And as God first gave the word to Noah, informing him, in increasing his understanding and knowledge, and then put place the desire upon Noah's heart to preach, to to tell his neighbor the things that were shortly going to take place, and and God stirred up Noah to build the ark, to uh, work on it diligently until its completion. Through all those ways. Noah preached, yes, but also Christ preached through him. And that's how it's always been with the sending forth of the gospel into the world. It's individual people that that go out as missionaries that have gone to India and China and Africa. But it was God, if, if they were true men, it was God moving them to do so. And... That that's how God uh, accomplishes His preaching. Remember, in Matthew twenty-five, when the Lord Jesus uh, it gives a parable concerning Judgment Day, and um, He has all nations gathered before Him, and uh, in order to separate the sheep from the goats, and He says to certain ones, "Come ye, blessed of My Father, inherit the kingdom." prepared for you from the foundation of the world. And then in verse 35, uh, we read, For I was a hungred, and ye gave me meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me in. Naked, and ye clothed me. I was sick, and ye visited me. I was in prison, and ye came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee a hungred, and fed thee, or thirsty, and gave thee drink? And, and Jesus says, When ye did it to any of these, you did it unto me. Because Christ views those that did become saved as part of himself, his body. He is the head. They are members of the spiritual organism of the eternal church. And likewise, when members of his body go forth with the gospel and proclaim it, well, it, it is Christ also who can uh, said to be going forth and, and, and his feet can be said to personally be beautiful, carrying the glad message of good tidings in the day of salvation. And certainly God moved in his people in the little second half of the great tribulation period, those 6,100 days in which it was his plan to save that great multitude. And the people of God did many things, many uh, good works that God had ordained for them to perform. And, of course, those good works have nothing to do with salvation. The result of being saved, if the individuals were indeed saved, we we know that people can also perform these things and uh, under the mistaken belief they're saved. But, but anyway, God's people uh, used their time and resources and the gospel went forth uh, in an unparalleled manner. Uh, never before in the history of the world had the gospel covered the earth 
to such a degree it was as though the waters covered the sea. It was everywhere. And that was the doing of the Lord Jesus Christ. God gets the glory. And likewise, people had better be careful because God likewise is the one who is the object of the criticism when when people are um, demeaning and reviling and ridiculing that sending forth of the gospel. As the Lord Jesus Christ stirred up his people to do those things, well, that's a, a very um, disrespectful thing to do uh, since God is behind the work itself. Well, um, in Revelation 14, verse 7, again, it says, saying with a loud voice, and this would be that period of the Great Tribulation. And, and can't we see clearly this reference to the loud voice? That yes, the everlasting gospel, the everlasting word of God was proclaimed to all the world. And billions of people saw the gospel's message of Judgment Day, May 21. Uh, it was everywhere, it seemed. It was on buses. It, it was on taxi cabs, jitneys uh, in the Philippines or in India. It was on billboards. It was in newspapers. It was on television news. Uh, it was on the internet. It was it was saturated over the airwaves, the radio waves, and the people of God were out on the streets with t-shirts and signs and tracks, millions upon millions of pieces of literature, tracks went forth into the world. It was without doubt, beyond question, a loud voice. This was not done in a corner. Uh, this was a very public proclamation of the Bible's message as God unsealed his word at the time of the end, to reveal many truths, but probably the most important being Judgment Day. The appointed day of judgment can now be known, will be, and the Bible guarantees it, May 21, 2011. That message primarily went out into all the world. And that message... Judgment Day, May 21, 2011, is the very message that we're continuing to proclaim and to speak of because it was accurate. It was true and faithful that that day did begin the day of judgment that we are presently in. And, and so God, I think, carefully had that particular message at the forefront to be proclaimed. I do know uh, concerning the billboards, the, the thousands of billboards in the many countries of the world that, that were put up and placed uh, by Family Radio and E-Bible was privileged to be an assist in that, that the, the message was of uh, a praying man and the wording of the billboard was Judgment Day, May 21, 2011. It didn't say anything 
about the rapture. It didn't say anything about the five months. It didn't say anything about October 21. But Judgment Day, May 21, 2011. That, that message, uh, I would say, of the sharing of information as the billboards are in Nepal and uh, in places of Africa, wherever they were in India, as vehicles were wrapped and so forth. Primarily, that was the message. Now, we did uh, include other information in a far less significant way as far as uh, the amount of time we spent advertising it, focusing upon it. it. It just wasn't important to proclaim October 21, though we thought that would be the end of the world, because we realized that the most important date is the day God shuts the door. That's why we have to pound that date home, because from the point of meeting an individual or a person hearing those things, they had until that date to seek the Lord while he might be found, to cry out for mercy. And that was the thinking at that time. We must focus on that date and Yes, we'll, we'll discuss the other things as it comes up. But um, overwhelmingly, that was the focus of the proclamation. And, and I think we can see God's hand behind that as that was correct. Just as it was put forth and declared on that day, May 21, 2011, God did indeed shut the door of heaven and begin the judgment process on the world. Yeah, of course, it, it's a spiritual judgment, but uh, it's a very real judgment nonetheless. And this was all done very publicly, very openly, very loudly. The people of God who normally are very humble and meek, normally shun the spotlight, um, were actively seeking it, because the time was so short and the message was so urgent. The news had to be spread and, and, and therefore we made ourselves available to the news media and to interviews. And, and I remember in one day, um, uh, actually over the course of, uh, slightly an hour, God opened up the opportunity for me to do five radio interviews with five different radio stations, some very big and some not so big. And uh, each one was about 10 or 15 minutes, and then finish and go to the next. And and after that 10, 15 minutes, go to a third and a fourth and a fifth. Uh, that is the type of open door. Uh, that That's a very small example. There, there are many examples of that sort of great and effectual door being open for this proclamation. Now, to those that, um, well, uh, after May 21, after October 21, and some of the same people we used to walk side by side with and also proclaim these things, but now they've, they've uh, turned to a different mind and, and they've, um, I'm sorry to say, they, they have behaved themselves along the lines of, Lot's wife, by looking back to the church, by looking back to the world, 
by looking back to former doctrines. Some of these people try to find fault and minimize things. And, and, and well, okay, if it's so easy to do, to get the world's attention on a subject like Judgment Day, if it's so easy to do, uh, which is mind-boggling that anyone would think that, uh, since no one had ever done it before, then proceed. Uh, go get busy. Stir up all the people who believe God is still saving, that believe it's still the day of salvation, and get out there. Go get out there. And and you believe this, well, um, you get on the airwaves and contact um, CBS and ABC and NBC and your local stations and, and tell them your message and see how far it goes, see how far it travels. And it's very obvious right now that the message of salvation that people insist stubbornly um, proudly hang on to, refusing to bow the knee to the sovereign right of God to determine uh, not only whom he saves, which is his election program, but when he will accomplish their saving, which is his sovereign right to shut the door of heaven when he so decrees and determines the time uh, has come, and he has done that. It, it, if you believe God is still saving, get out there. But you know what? There isn't going to be any future worldwide proclamation. Uh, uh, it, it would be unlikely even to gather the full attention of uh, one individual city. It will never happen again. Because the gospel has already gone forth into all the world for a witness unto all nations. And then the end has come. We're living in the day of judgment. And that is the end. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.